Never been a cool hand loop Quarterback of the winning team Or the guy with the right kind of punchlines Everybody wants to be I never was that lucky old cuss With a straight flush in his hand Oh, but with you Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, at your current location, thank you so much for tuning in to Drinking in the Garage, a podcast that I started about a week ago and have had a lot of success lately with it. My name is Jared Morris. I am your host, and normally I don't spit out two of these a day, but you know, it being summer and me being bored... I spit one out of the uh, one of these podcasts out earlier today with a good buddy of mine by the name of Eric Reed. He sat in with me and co-hosted, and I want to thank him so much for coming on with me. But tonight, tonight we have a very special guest in the house. Well, not in the house. He's going to join me via the phone line, and you just heard his single. Well, that's not his latest single. We're going to get into what his latest single is here in just a little bit, but that was with You I Am. I'm talking about none other than the rising star in the country music industry, Mr. Cody Johnson. He's going to join me here in a few short minutes. Let me tell you a little bit about Cody, okay? So I met Cody. He was this cowboy who, young cowboy, came into this bar that I used to frequent when I was at Sam Houston State University called Shenanigans, or as us Huntsvillians like to call it, Shenasties. All right, so he comes in, hands me a CD, says, thank you, sir, I hear you're on the radio. Would you mind giving this a shot? I took it home. I popped it in the CD player. You know, back then you really didn't have your uh, iPhones or MP3s. That's back when I had one of those Motorola Razors. Uh, you couldn't really do nothing but text message, and you had to press like three like different times, like the number three, like three or four different times to get A, B, C, D, E, whatever. And um, so Cody call, uh, gives me his CD. I go home. I pop it in the CD player, and I take a listen. And it was called Black and White Label. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I said, man, this dude has got a voice. He's got a voice. And I was like, wow. So I took it to the station and I took it up to the program director and I was instructed. Don't play anything that's not on the Texas country music charts. It's got to be on the charts in order for us to play it. Because I had a Saturday night show called Stars of Texas Spotlight on 101.7 KSIM right there in Huntsville. But I was so infatuated with this guy's voice that I had to find a way to get him on. So uh, a couple weeks later, I start getting phone calls. So I guess he let it be known that I had given everybody his, you know, he, he had given me his CD. So he let everybody know to call me and bug me about it. So I started getting phone call after phone call after phone call from the locals there in Huntsville. Even his dad. His dad would call me on Saturday nights and he would sit there while he was out on Lake Livingston fishing and he would just BS with me and he would talk and we'd have a conversation while I was on air. I'd spend 30 minutes with his dad. And when I see his dad to this day, when I try to catch Cody in concert it's hard uh working especially when football season comes around and of course when i have my son it's you know hard to get into those kind of places to see cody play but when i get a chance to see him play i enjoy talking to his dad his mother's a sweet person and and i really enjoy it and it's something that uh that is refreshing to know that a guy like cody johnson uh, as big as he's getting you can see him on cmt uh he just played the grand Ole opry recently which was really cool um just to, to know that he still remembers who I was uh, is a big deal, and his family treats me that way too. So they are, they are top-notch people. So his dad used to call me. So finally one night I just broke down, and I said, you know what, I'm going to play it. So I played it. 
against my program director's wishes. Now, I'm going to be quite blunt with you because I'm sure she's probably going to listen to us. So I apologize in advance, Brooke Adams, for what I did in the past. But what I would do is the Stars of Texas spotlight at this, at this moment wasn't all Texas country. I had to fight for that. All right. Radio works like this. When you've got demographics and they say, well, these people want to hear this or they want to hear this, especially in a college town, you figure that people want to hear more of the Texas country beer drinking, uh, buckle busting music, right? So um, the demographics, though, say different. Our target audience was women ages 25 to 55, basically. The broad range right there. They want to hear Kenny Chesney. They want to hear Rascal Flats. They don't want to hear Cody Johnson at this time. Now they do. I can tell you that much. They don't want to hear Pat Green. They don't want to hear Ragweed. They don't want to hear any of that. So there would be these Nashville songs that would be in between Texas. So I'd have like a Pat Green song and then like there'd be like a Kenny Chesney and a Rascal Flat song. And then there'd be a Randy Rogers song. So you only play maybe four or five Texas country songs mixed in with the normal genre of music that K-Sam was playing throughout the week. So what I would do is I had a collection of CDs that I had collected, uh, you know, while I was there. Not only had burnt these CDs or I had gotten them at concerts or the artists that would come into town would give them to me. And I would let the Randy, not the uh, like the uh, Tim McGraw song play and I would pot it down and I'd pot the CD up. So I started playing Cody like that. And Cody Johnson. And the reason why I did that, let me go into this real quick. Is because she would print out a report every Monday and she could see what I played, what I deleted, and everything else. So it appeared that I had played that music, but I was really playing off the CDs. So risking my job, a high-profile job working at KSAM. Actually, I loved working at KSAM, and I wish sometimes that I could go back and, and, and do some fill-in work there. But I would pod Cody's CD up and I would play it, and then we'd get all this positive feedback, and people would be mesmerized by his voice, by his talent. So then he starts spitting out more songs and more CDs. Finally, I convinced her to let him come into studio, and he came into studio with his original band. His dad was in his original band. He was the bass guitar player. Uh, he had a lead guitarist and no fiddle. And a, and a drummer, and he would just play locally, and I'd go wherever he played, and there'd be 100 people there, and he would play to an empty room, and then the next thing you know, he starts getting notoriety on the radio station, you start seeing more people coming into the clubs and listening to Cody play. It was an unbelievable experience watching this guy start off with 100 people in a room to playing at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo with 64, 65,000 people, which I was proud to say. I shot him a message that day that I found out he was playing. I congratulated him. He said, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. And I decided right then and there, I let him know that, hey, I'm going to be there. I was there from you, uh, for you from day one, and I'm going to be for you in this big moment. And, man, did he rock out. And the reviews the next day in the Houston Chronicle, as well as all over the radio, were off the charts. Now you can't go an hour between flipping back and forth between the two major stations in Houston, KILT and 93Q, without hearing a Cody Johnson song. So coming up here shortly is going to be my good buddy, Cody Johnson, and I am so pumped about this interview. I've been trying to get him to do this for the past couple weeks since I started this thing. And normally this podcast is about sports and life and joking around and ho-humming, but today I get to actually sit here and interview one of the brightest, in my opinion, country music stars in today's country music scene. So I am so excited about it, and I cannot wait for it to happen. So without further ado, I introduce to you my good buddy, Cody Johnson. 
Kojo, what's up, man? What's happening? Dude, it's been a long time. I think the last time that we really got to sit down and talk was when I was on KSAM. But we we talked between then, uh, you know, on the phone, through text message, and also Green Hall. You know, I got to bring you on stage at Green Hall. That was a lot of fun. So uh, h- how you been? How's it going? I've, I've been doing good, man. I was uh, – <laughs> You were talking about the last time we talked. I remember the. I remember some of the first times we talked, and that was uh, some of the coolest stuff in the world. I, uh, for those of you listening that don't uh, know, there was two DJs in the very beginning of uh, my career that, whenever I started playing music, that were the first two guys that go, "Man, you know, we'll play you. We'll we'll put you on the air at these, at these stations." And it was Jared Morris at K Sam in Huntsville, and then there was Sean Erickson over at Kicks 105 in Lufkin, and and I've never forgotten it, man. It was just like. I remember being in the studio the first time and, and doing that show. So it's really cool to be uh, on the tour bus out on the road and calling to you this time. It's a little bit different situation than it used to be. And uh, when I was in my pickup truck and begging, can I please come to the radio station? <laughs> Will y'all please listen to now, me? Now they're, now they're begging you to come to the radio station. Hey, can yeah. come in, please. <laughs> Flash forward, man. You know, you know, I was everything's been great, man. I was talking about that in my intro here before I brought you on air, and I was telling people how we met. This skinny old young cowboy comes walking into Shenasties, aka Shenanigans, hands me a CD, says, "Do you please play this?" I take it home that night, pop it in the CD player, you know, because we didn't have MP3s back then. And I yeah, said, what was that? <laughs> and I said, "Holy hell, man! This guy's got a voice. I've got to play this." And I took it to the program director, and she said, "No, we can only do this and that." Do you remember that? And then I was like. Man, I was like, I, do. I was throwing the CD on. I didn't care. I was like, people got to hear this. And your dad would call me, and then I would get so many requests. Next thing you know, she's like, she heard it, and she goes, "Wow, maybe I should have listened to you. He's actually pretty damn good." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, that's what it takes, man. Is people that believe in the music, and uh, you know, you ask how things are going. Uh, flash forward to now, man. We've this year we've been able to uh, play uh, three major rodeos in Texas, which is. Uh, you know, San Antonio, Austin, and Houston. We've been able to play the Opry. Um, we've touched both borders and both coasts in the last couple of months and uh, have had stacked shows in between. And, man, when I say that the good Lord has blessed uh, has blessed my labor, it, it, has, it has been something, man, to, to see the ripples that we're getting to make all across the country. You know, stuff that we used to play just in Texas. We're going to Seattle, Washington, and Lanesville, New York. And, um, man, We've worked really hard over the years and never looked back. Me, my band, my family, my management. But most of all, the good Lord's blessed us, man, and we've not uh, taken that opportunity for granted. We've been chasing this, chasing the neon rainbow, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, um, we're going to get into – remember Rapid Fire when I used to throw you some if or ands questions and you'd be like, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. We're going to do that at the end of the show, and I've got some questions in relation to what you just mentioned in regards to playing at different places. So get ready for that. Get get mentally prepared for my rapid fire at the end of this podcast. <laughs> but, right. you know, you're talking about I, – I actually shot you a text when I found out you were replacing that band at the Houston Rodeo and said, dude, I'm going to be there. Granted, I had to get nosebleed seats. I was still there, and I actually got to take my son to his very first Kojo concert. He's seven years old, Cody, and when we're in the car, he says, Dad, can you put it on Cody Johnson, please? I swear <laughs> to you, man. So, so That's awesome. You've, you've, got a, you've got a little fan in him. And, uh, you know, going back to those glory days, back, people probably really don't know, but you used to be a prison guard at, at the at unit in Huntsville, and then you did the did. music as your nighttime job. And I've always wondered, two-part two question here. Number one, 
when I started playing you on KSM, a lot of those prisoners did listen to KSM because we would get fan mail from the Walls unit and other units around Huntsville. Did they know who you were after I started playing you when you were a guard there? That's the first question. Second question, has any of those guys ever gotten out of prison and said, dude, you were my guard and have gone to one of your concerts? Yes, uh, those guys. So at the time, whenever I was doing all that, you know, I, I was working a, a lot of overtime in a lot of different units, so I was in a lot of different situations. Um, you know, sometimes I would be, you know, hey, man, we know who you are. I'm like, you know, and, and, and you have to respect the fact that when you work at a prison uh, in a penitentiary, whether or you're on one side or the other, you have to respect that I'm there to do my job. I'm not there to sell a CD or something, man. I was trying to provide for my family. It's like, you know, yeah. I, we know who you are, boss. Well, man, you don't know who I am, you know. <laughs> I like that attitude. Kinda keep that kind of keep that relationship of – uh, towards the end before I quit, that was one of the reasons why I quit is because there was a lot of, I had a, you know, a lot of respect that I meant, Hey, you know, we, we know who you are. We, we hear you on the radio and we ain't trying to make no trouble with you and stuff like that. But I have, I've had, I've had guys that in situations while I worked there that I was threatened with when I get, when I get out, I'm going to come find you and I'm going to come find your family and kind of stuff. And so I always worried about that stuff because, uh, you know, I did my job and I did my job well. I was fair, but I mean, I didn't, I wasn't an idiot, but uh, I didn't treat anybody bad. But, you know, there were, you always worry that someday that you're going to have to meet one of those people. And sometimes we've had, I've had two or three instances where guys have come out to make trouble and, uh, and, and, and it kind of got squashed. But I've also had instances, a lot of instances where guys come out and go, hey, man, you don't know me, but I was, I was in there whenever you were working there. We, we crossed paths here. And, man, you always treated me good. And, you know, you know, you, you held your own and all that and like your music. And that's the kind of stuff you want to hear because you don't want to just sing to people just in the honky tonks, just in the church houses. You want to, you want to sing to people that are, uh, that are going through some stuff. And a lot of the times those people might be locked up in, in prison, man. That's, uh, that's one of the reasons why I've always been such a Johnny Cash and Ron Haggard fan for those reasons right there. Cause they spoke to those people. So, uh, I spent a little time on one side of the bars. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I hadn't spent a night in jail myself. <laughs> but, so, so it is what it is, man. We take all kinds and we love all kinds. You, you're literally singing the jailhouse blues if you get put in jail. <laughs> hey, you'd probably make some big fans. Hey, Cody, we'll let you out on bail like, for free if you just do a free concert for the jailhouse. <laughs> Johnny Cash, yeah, huh? One, one can only hope. Yeah. Speaking of family, how is Brandy and the baby, man? Man, we've got two little girls you now. You've got two I, now, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I told God whenever I was a young man, I want to be surrounded by beautiful women for the rest of my life. And he has a sense of humor because I have a <laughs> wife and a, a two-year-old little girl and a six-month-old or a little girl, and it's it's been crazy. I'm I'm learning how to be a girl dad, and that's for all you girl dads out there listening. This is a challenge sometimes. Yeah, you got to keep that shotgun handy, especially when they turn around 16, 17 years old, huh? I've bought three or four new guns. Like, it's it's crazy. The more girls I have, I'm like, I just keep buying weapons. I don't understand it. God bless me with a boy because he knew my temper wouldn't be able to handle a girl, especially when a, a perverted, <laughs> sniffing boyfriend comes comes knocking on the door. Right. No way that's going to happen. Right. So um, you had success with your latest album, Gotta Be Me. Of course, you have the single with You, I Am, which I'm going to be completely honest with you, Cody. I'm going to be blunt as I can be. One of my favorite songs, man. And... Um, when I'm listening to the radio here in Houston on 100.3 KILT or 93Q, I'm going to hear your song at least once an hour on one of those stations. And they always say, and it really irritates me, they always say, that's new artist, Cody Johnson, Kojo. I'm like, new artist, get out of here with that crap. Give me a break. I'm one of the first guys to play them. Get out of here, amateur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> new to them. Uh, 
that was one of the things that gra- cracked me up whenever Chris Stapleton, uh, whenever he came out with his Traveler album. Uh, yeah, he was with the dr- the Drive By Truckers or the Steel Drivers. Well, yeah, still, was, still drivers, he yeah. was the Steel Drivers, and and he had been a songwriter in Nashville for years, and they were they gave him the New Male Vocalist of the Year award, and I thought that was pretty funny. But you know, it, I've never been I've never been one to be offended by the word new. Yeah, because as long as I, as long as somebody's calling me new something, that means I'm reaching places that I haven't reached yet, and that's, uh, you know, it, it's really cool that, you know, we'll go out to, some place that we've never been. For instance, Kentucky was a really hard market to get into, and we got there, and it was up and coming artists, man. And and, and hey, in in that area, that's what we are. So I'm not I'm not afraid of that. I, I I think I thrive under that pressure a little bit. And that's a good way to look at it, man. You've always been an intelligent dude. You've always shot straight from the hip, and I really appreciate that about you. And I can see that perspective now. But you got to think about me, this old riled, riled up DJ on the radio, thinking, man, I played this guy years ago. Get out of here with <laughs> oh, this I new know. crap. I know. So tell I'm me. with you on that part. So you, uh, dude, a song that I really have fallen in love with, and I have it on repeat uh, constantly, and I believe it's your new single, Wild As You. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. When you played that at the rodeo, I... I looked over at the person sitting next to me. There's a guy sitting next to me, and he, he was, like, decked out in his Kojo gear, and I said, that's going to be his next single. I'm pretty good at calling your singles, man. Every time you came into the studio and played something, I said, that's going to be a single right there. I have an ear for that stuff. I said, that's good. And then I saw on your Twitter page that you put out that it's going to be the new single. Dude, I love that song. I have it on repeat. And um, while we're into talking about singles and songs, i got to tell you that the Zane Williams song that you do, the uh, uh, Take My Hand, uh, Ride With Me song. Ride With Me. Yeah, that is probably the most requested recessional song that I do for weddings. Like brides love after the, the I do's and you may kiss your bride when they're marching back down the aisle. They want to hear that song, dude. So, I mean, your name is, I get requests for you all the time when I do my side gigs and stuff like that. And it, it's like, uh, you know, what gives you the inspiration to pick these songs? And when you go into the recording studio to record these songs, do you already have these labeled out as this is the single that I'm going to do? Or do you have people that say, man, Cody, this is a great song. Let's go with this one. Or do you have to record it first, listen to it and say uh, down the road and say, we're going to go ahead and go with this one. Like wild as you, you know, that's something that I think it shows itself. Obviously every time I, I'd listen to a song or I record a song or I'm thinking about record, like right now, I'm already listening to outside songs um, written by other artists is what I mean. Um, I'm already listening to outside songs for the next record. And some of them that I really liked when I first started listening to them, they just haven't done what they I thought they were going to do for me. And some of them that I wasn't really a fan of have really grown on me. And that, that what that does for me as an artist is it lets me – what about this song didn't I like about – what was not approachable about it in the beginning? When I first listened to it, why is it sticking in my head now? Is it a is it a is it a gimmick thing? Is it a melodic thing? You know, and there's a million things that go into this, but ultimately, I've got a really good team around me that are pitching me these songs that are that that are pinning me with the right writers, the, the core group of writers that I've written with as far as whenever we write stuff. Um, but sometimes, man, you know, like there's a song on our last record called "Every Scar Has a Story." Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the most passionate songs I've ever written because most of it was, I mean, like 90% of this was just. Me and the guy writing, me and Terry McBride writing down our life's uh, stories, kind of, you know, things that have happened, true things. And I, I love that about, I love the honesty about that kind of thing. But it's it's not done what I thought it was going to do. Wild as you, I knew there was something special about it. It wasn't even going to go on the record until the night before we went in to go do the session. And I told Trent Willman, who wrote it with Jeremy Spillman. So Trent is I still said, your, he's still your producer? 
still my producer, awesome. man. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Like, he uh he I said, man, what's that? What's that song about? The wild Mustangs roam, and they had the harmony thing. He's like, oh, wild as you. I can't believe we forgot about that. And we put that in there, and we recorded it as what I thought was going to be a filler track. But you play it at some shows, you see the crowd's reaction. Just like we've always done, we kind of let the crowd depict what we're going to do. And Mm -hmm. uh, lo and behold, it's the next single. So you were right, and uh, you called it. It, I, 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 I wouldn't have called it in the beginning. Yeah, man, I, I love the song, and when you played it at the rodeo and the reaction that it got, I was like, holy crap, man, that's going to be his next single. Now, as far as everything goes with you traveling, you said you're you're going out of the state. This is going to be a very blunt question for you because this, this word gets tossed a la- around with a lot of guys who start out here in Texas, like Pat Green and Ragweed and all them. Um, have you heard the term sellout yet? Has Have anybody no. said that, hey, Cody is selling out? Have you heard that yet? No, and uh, the reason why... I can tell you the reason why is because we're, I'm, I'm doing this the only way that I know how, and that's, it's not my way. It's the way we've been doing it. It's letting the good Lord guide my path and letting, trusting the people that I've got around me and trusting my own uh, decision capa- making capabilities. And, you know, we've, we've toyed with Nashville and we've toyed with independence and I've never really made a decision either way. I've never said, I don't want to do this. It just hasn't made sense. And you know me, you've known me for a while. I'm one of those guys, when you tell me the door is closed, I'm just going to work harder anyway. I'm going to try to figure out how to make that door open on my own. And um, we're, we're playing all the same places that all the rest of them are. Um, We're getting to do shows with Chris Young and Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan and Randall Lambert. And hey, if you if you want if you want to send Dominion. if you want to send them my way for the podcast, be be more than ha- I'd be more than happy to accept them. <laughs> just let you know, make this thing even bigger than what it is, like what it's going to be, hopefully. But um, yeah, right. Yeah, so go ahead, especially Miranda. You can send her this way as well. I'd love to talk to her. Anyway, <laughs> so so you know, would it you know? Because a lot of guys, man, I was always a huge Pat Green fan. I was always a huge ragweed fan when they, you know, they used to do the F Nashville thing. Nashville sucks. And then they go and they do their thing. And I was happy for them. But there were a lot of people in the, in the Texas music scene and a lot of people that were fans of them that turned their backs on those guys because they chose to go that route after they've been saying, you know, double rods to Nashville. And then well, they, and that's kind of where would it hurt your, would it hurt your feelings? Is. Would it hurt your feelings? No, if I, somebody said you're a sellout, Cody Johnson. No, I don't think that anybody can say that. And that's the point is I don't think anybody can say that about me because I'm not doing anything different than I was whenever I was playing shenanigans. I'm, 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 that's uh, my boy. That's my the, boy. I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm playing the same kind of music, um, just on larger. Um, it, we're Honestly, we're still a five-piece on stage, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it's, a very, it's a very authentic, uh, 100% know-what-it-is kind of thing. And, um, you know, I'm always about growth. I'm always about you know, we're talking about running a second bus with some with some lights uh, and more lights and some different stage yeah. things and hiring some different guys to do some different things on stage. And I'm all about growth and I'm all about influence. For instance, Kiss Goodbye on our last record, yeah. there was a talking section. And I didn't really know how I felt about that. And I had to trust my producer, Trent Willman, who goes, it's not what you think it is. Like, it's not, it does not sound like what you think it is. Just, it, you could sing the ABCs and it would sound country. Just trust me. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I, so I do, and then now it's one of our, our bigger moments in the show, and it's I think it takes leaping out on faith of knowing who you are and just standing firm, man. And uh, when somebody has the right to call me a sellout, uh, yeah. that's when I need to. That's when I really need to reevaluate what I'm doing, man, because I, I've I've been there and I've been offered 
the world and we're still here holding strong doing what we're doing man and god willing we'll keep doing it keep it country my man because you sound amazing and i believe that country music is making a comeback especially with guys like chris stapleton out there and of course now you're up and coming in the in the nationwide uh scene and i think that's that's very important and i you've always been true to your word you've always uh, been the kind of guy that puts your heart on your sleeve and then you write about it and that's what i've respected about you since the day that i've met you so there's no way in hell i would ever call you a sellout because i know who the true cody johnson is and i've seen this guy i remember you coming on to my my radio show one night and this is way brandy if you listen to this this is way before you and you were like this one girl had broken your heart man you sat there and you spilled it out for everyone to hear and then you put it in song and it we the phones wouldn't stop ringing the phones wouldn't stop ringing and that's just the kind of artist you are so i have uh, a lot of admiration for you uh, a couple more questions before we get to our rapid fire and i'm gonna let you roll because i know you got a busy show there in san angelo you just told me um uh, earlier today that you sold out the sam houston race park tomorrow so those of you out there that may listen to this tonight and plan on going out there and buying tickets at the door they are no more so <laughs> congratulations on that my friend hey rodeo houston and grand Ole opry happened this year what yes, was sir. the what what was the feeling like? How how was that the emotions with with you know um, I know Jody is still in the band Bartula and uh, mm-hmm. playing fiddle. Um, now I don't know if you have any of the same guys uh, from when last time I saw you, but I know Jody's there, um, and you guys have been together for quite some time. How was the emotions for you guys? Hey, he's been with you for a while. How was the emotions yeah. stepping on those stages? Uh. It was nuts, man. It's something that, um, first of all, we only had three days' notice for Houston Rodeo. Yeah, so, George uh, Strait kind of story. A, That's what people compared that yeah, to. It was a George Strait story. Like, uh, we didn't really know how to deal with it other than I treated it like uh, getting the call up. I treated it like a rodeo, man, getting the call up. And, and for those of you that don't know me and my rodeo background, that's the yeah. way I treated it. it. Was I got a call up to the pros. It's time to step it up. <laughs> uh, tonight's 90 or nothing. Like, And that's the way it was. And um, honestly – it's the way it's kind of blurry the whole houston rodeo was the most fast paced ride I, i've ever been on and that's just the way it was and um but the grand Ole opry was a little different not only did i get to uh put on a, a nice suit and go play in a, on the stage that i've i've held in high regard my entire life but i got to do it with like you say jody i got to do it with my my parents my mom and dad yeah. got to sing with me and i got to stand there and think about how Hank Williams and Patsy Klein and all these, I could name a million of these artists that are just so influential on me. The emotion was nuts. Um, and I've kind of held it all year and I've just kind of used the emotion behind those things to just drive me further and, and fuel my fire to go places that aren't so fun to go, you know, and cause they're not all, they're not all grand old operas and Houston rodeos. I mean, uh, I enjoy every show, but sometimes you've really got to work and drive all night and set up gear and, and, and hump and get it, man. And do the things that nobody, the behind the scenes stuff that nobody else sees. And, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are a lot more work, but those those shows have made the entire year. I mean, we also got to do San Antonio and Austin, and that was just I mean, it's just icing on the cake. And what a wonderful year it's been, man. That is so awesome, man. And it couldn't happen to a better person. Now, when you're making, like you said, you're expanding yourself. You've gone to Seattle and played in those northern states. Do you actually have – do you guys get on the bus and make those trips, or are you charter planes? No, we've got uh, – we're on the bus, and most of the time it's me and uh, and 13 guys on my bus and uh that's a lot of guys in one bus and uh, my wife and i we recently purchased a star coach that's kind of just for us and our girls so that every now and then we can roll two buses and i can have my family and my 
my, you know, my wife and my girls with me. And, mm-hmm. and that, that allows me to also keep going because instead of having to stop and go, man, I got to go home and, and I need them, man, they're a huge part of my life. I need, I need to be around them and uh, to be able to have them out here. We've talked about homeschooling the girls for a little while on the bus, just riding up down the road and letting them see the world a little bit. And, yeah. Um, like I said, man, God's been good to us and uh, we're, 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 we're uh, in it for the long haul. My family, my band, my management, my entire team, we're here. We're, uh, I'm, we're, we believe in what we're doing and we're not going anywhere. Well, you know that I'm going to support you through and through, man. You were, I saw it when you first walked into the shenanigans and then said, starch jeans, hand me a CD, play this thing. I said, no problem. Listen to it. And man, I loved it. And I love it to this day. <laughs> keep pointing out those singles and, uh, you know, keep pointing out the albums and, and stay true to who you are because that's, I think, I mean, your fan base is continuously growing. And uh, I mean, I've got people that i tell all the time man yeah i know cody he's a he's a friend of, no you don't you don't know cody he's no, like the next george don't. i said dude go look at go go look at his first i would we actually did a live and rocking at shenanigans and i actually brought him on stage before anybody knew who he was <laughs> you played a hundred people man you would play and i said this in my opening there would be a hundred people at a concert there was one time where there was maybe 150 200 people and you were playing at shenanigans and they had to turn the lights on you did not want to get off stage and they had to turn the that's why they wouldn't allow uh, dwight Yoakum back at the Houston Rodeo because he refused to get off after his after his time was up. And that's the right. kind of you wanted to keep playing. They had to come and turn your sound off and everything else. I was like, dude, I was there when that happened. I was with this guy from day one, and I'm so happy to be with you uh, right now. So before we end this thing, we're going to do a little rapid fire. This is kind of the people that know me and have listened to the KZM show when I've had you or uh, for, I've done this with Jack Ingram. I've done this with, uh, with Wade Bowen. I've done this with Bryson back when Bryson was playing music. Now he's a high, yeah, yeah. high, high time lawyer now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and Slaughter. I've done this with Slaughter. So this is a lot of fun. And it's uh, kind of uh, the, to end this thing because I know you got a show tonight. So uh, first off, rapid fire questions here. My question for you. This year, well, over the past couple of years, I should say, you've played at Green Hall, the Houston Rodeo, and the Grand Ole Opry. Which one of those was the best? Experience, I should say. Man, at Houston. Houston. I have to right say now. Houston. There was nothing like getting on that horse at the end of that show and riding out. That was, uh, that was, I'll remember that the rest of my life. That's awesome. All right, here we go. Now, I know that you're, you're a sports fan, and I know when you're on the road, it's kind of hard for you to keep track of your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but, uh, Let's let's ask a little baseball because my Houston okay. Astros are really tearing it up this year. Right, and I yeah. know I know that you like the Rangers, so I'm asking you right now: Are you still riding with your Rangers? Or are you going to flip flop over to the Astros? No, actually. So what we're doing is, my uh, wife and I we're going to the Rangers Astros game, and uh, my wife is going to wear Astros gear. I'm going to wear my Rangers gear, and we're <laughs> going to dress up my two year old in a house divided shirt. <laughs> we're just going to. Because man, I, you know why? You know why I I don't want to hear any crap from any fan, any fans because you know why I can be a fan of both because because the only boy. reason I love the only reason I love baseball is because of Nolan Ryan yeah and he's he's been on both so like I I just kind of I'm a fan of both man I you know you catch me on football I'm pretty Cowboys but uh, when it comes to baseball man I just love Texas baseball like I like watching A and M I like watching Sam Houston Rice I mean I just I, I love it. Yeah, Sam Houston had a pretty good run this. You know, Nolan Ryan's from my hometown and Alvin, and actually Wade Bowen just built a barbecue restaurant in Alvin that he owns in Alvin called the Caboose. And him and Randy Rogers were doing the Hold My Beer and Watch This tour, and they were there like this past Monday, and they were doing a little uh, a little. Uh, 
like playing a little bit up there before they went to Big Texas. So it's kind of cool. Alvin's got kind of popping up out of nowhere. Wade Bowen owns a restaurant there. So that's pretty yeah, that's cool. pretty sweet. All right, so as a Cowboys fan, is your team going all the way this year? Man, I hope so. Um, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think we had a better run uh, than we did last year. The expectations were high. I'm not, I'm not so sure that the media won't play a huge part. And, you know, like we've got the whole – Will Dak Prescott do it again? You know, with all the drama with the, you know, Zeke Elliott and all these guys. But <laughs> I think, um, I think Jerry Jones is, uh, he is what he is, but he's also a genius. So we'll see what we'll see what comes out. You know what? You're the first Cowboy fan, especially people in my family that I've asked that question to, and they have. I ask them every year, and they always say yes. So I give you props for yeah. keeping it real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Being honest. You have to lose one of these: fishing or hunting. Fishing. So you'd rather you'd rather get rid of fishing and just hunt. Oh, yeah. All right. I like that. Okay. So uh, here's another one for you. My original question was Waylon or Willie, but I'm going to go this time because you mentioned something earlier. I'm going to say Merle or Johnny Cash. you got to lose one of them. Mm. It'll lose Johnny Cash, I guess. Oh, Damn. I know that is a hard one. When Merle died last year, I literally sat I on my back porch and I drank beer and listened to the best of Merle Haggard. I even I don't smoke, so but I even I. I even smoke cigarettes, and I don't even smoke. <laughs> oh, this is an easy one: prison guard or singer? Uh, singer, obviously. <laughs> Give me your best memory you've had in your career so far. Oh, you know, this year, I, I just this year, man. I've, I've I'll never ever ever forget the first time, you know, we drove in the van all the way to Canada back you know i'll never forget the first time that we got a van uh or, or the first time we ever took a bus um just things like that but this year there's been such monumental things and and also you know the birth of my second daughter was this year so i'm like it just keeps getting better and better man I, it's gonna be hard to beat this year uh it'll it'll go down in history well here's here's how my year's been so far uh compared to that okay um i don't know if you saw this or not but we had and i talked about it on a previous podcast uh but we were sleeping one night and some guy decided to break in our house and watch us sleep and i chased him out the door uh that was a scary moment uh yeah then we had um our washing machine went out so that cost us 500 bucks then the ac goes out so this year's been compared to yours my year's been hell (laughs) that's why i listen that's why this podcast is called drinking in the garage because i put your music on and i drink in the garage to forget about all this crap (laughs) (laughs) so your my last question for you before we end this thing man we could go all night it feels like i'm catching up with an old buddy that i haven't seen in years but yet talk to every day and i mean we could do this all day your favorite place to play i need to know what's your out of all the venues you've ever played at going back to day one when your dad was the bass guitarist in your band what is your favorite place to play hmm you know i don't really i don't know that i have a favorite i'm uh i'm pretty partial over the years i've grown pretty partial to the grizzly rose in denver colorado so it's just it's kind of become a home it was like, uh, it, it, you know, you, you find your home in a lot of different places over the years. And that's one of the places that I think has been the most fun. They've treated us the, the best. and uh, But, you know, it's hard to have a favorite because everything's everything's always so different, but it's always the same. You know, I mean, it's the same old song and dance, but you get to do it in so many different places that it's hard to have a favorite. That's awesome, man. And I'm, I'm so happy that you have made it as far as you have. And one day I hope to see you gracing the stage of uh, the Country Music Awards and receiving an award for Best Male Artist of the Year. And if that ever happens, I'll buy the plane ticket if you can try to get me in. 
I will be more than happy to be there to support you, brother. I swear to God, man, I am so happy that you came on today. My podcast is called Drinking in the Garage. I start work in the next couple of weeks. So it's kind of been a fun thing to kind of start this summer and kind of get going. But I really want to thank you for coming on and taking the time for me. And I never doubt it because, you know, every time I've asked you to do something, you've always done it. And uh, I'm thankful uh, to have a friend like you and, and to have somebody that uh, I can actually say when I hear you on the radio, yeah, I know that guy. I know that guy. So, Well, hey, man, I appreciate it. Thank you for, for always including me in what you're doing and in the belief. And, uh, man, anytime, you know, to holler at me. All right, brother. Hey, don't, uh, don't have too much fun out there on stage. I would say break a leg, but I've said that before, and an artist actually broke their leg, so I'm going to stay away from that. I wish I could go tomorrow night. I got a gig tomorrow night, but I'm, I, I look at your website on a, you know, a daily basis, weekly basis, whenever I get around to it, so I can see where you're playing, and you know, I'm, it's just difficult for me to get out. And you know, you know this being a dad, I've got my son and you know, there's a lot of places I can't oh, take yeah, him man. and stuff like that. And it seems like every time that you're playing around Houston or somewhere around here, I've got my kid and I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. So I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to catch up with you soon. <laughs> and when I do, um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have another shot of whiskey. And, uh, like I said, this is drinking in the garage. And like I tell my audience, it's, that's been uh, listening for the past, you know, couple weeks, you know, it's called drinking in the garage. Remember, you can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. So, <laughs> hey, I'm with you on that. Hey, brother, take care of yourself, man. God bless you, and I will see you on down the road. Okay. Sounds good. I appreciate it, Derek. All right, buddy. Take care, man. Take it. All right, that was uh, that was my boy Cody Johnson. I got him. This guy's gonna be the next George Strait, the next Garth Brooks. Mark my words, it will happen. And I'm telling you right now that that. He's going places, and you're going to hear his radio single all over country radio. And I called uh, it a long time ago that he was going to make it big. I knew he was going to make it big, and now here he is stretching the borders outside of Texas. This was only supposed to be like a 10-minute podcast, and yet we went on for like 20, 30 minutes. So I am so happy and thankful that he joined me, and I'm glad that you enjoyed it, and I hope that uh, you come back and listen for more uh, funny takes when it comes to uh, my podcast here it has been drinking in the garage i'm gonna leave you with a little bit of my buddy cody johnson right here god bless you folks and remember like i told cody this has been drinking in the garage with jared morris you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning god bless you see it on down the road Like me Baby there's a shit